On Second Shot, we tackle two new headlines every week to find out what kind of wisdom the world is dishing out today. And we want you to be a part of that. When you see a headline you want to take a second shot at, or if you're looking for advice, or just want to tell us what you think of the show, email us at secondshotcast at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, rate us on iTunes. This helps us move up in the ratings so more people will see us. And if you want to hear more, subscribe to the show so that the new episodes will get straight to you every single Friday. We love you. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Heath Oaks is a millennial mogul whose ignorance on fire led him to fail his way to success. Jenny Anchando is an Emmy award-winning journalist whose sharp eye and biting wit have led to her storied career in television. Together, they tackle today's headlines in a way only an odd couple with a dash of perfect opposite can. So kick back, relax, and join the conversation. This is Second Shot with your hosts, Heath and Jenny. You know it's a really special day when my wife comes in wearing a t-shirt and jeans. Like, (laughs) the rareness of this. Everybody go online and look. Like, Jenny does not wear... Like, like the most agonizing thing to her is to have to think when somebody says, be casual. I don't even know what to do. She hates being casual. We got Jenny, Matt, and Zach in the studio, and we got a special guest today as well. That's right. Don't take me to a baseball game. Don't invite me to a she a hates pub. having to wear casual. At least it's a branded shirt. I yeah. know. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I'm wearing the second shot T-shirt, but I, I know how to dress up. I know how to go to a gala. I know how to do black tie. I know how to do cocktail. I know how to do work, and I know how to do yoga pants. Like anything between, <laughs> I just don't understand. Blue so, jeans are your are the death of you. But Brighton and I had science class this morning, our little girl, and she um, often gets dirt and paint and everything all over me. So I figured like if my jeans had paint on them, they would be more edgy for our guest, who has a very <laughs> edgy look. Uh-oh. So welcome, Michael Moulton. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here with you guys. So we told uh, our listeners that we were kind of flipping the script a little bit, having a few more guests on, some super you know specific hand-selected people. So I'm going to tell you, I want to, you know, I've got a little bio for him and it's always awkward for people to talk about you in front of you, but I'm going to go ahead and do that, Michael. So he was a, uh, a luxury home builder, really, you guys, like one of the best in the country. I was reading the reviews online last night, actually. Um, he was a husband, a father to the outside world, really considered to be a massive, massive success. So it was an addiction to drugs and alcohol that essentially caused his life to crumble, ended up losing that business, um, his relationship with many of his family members, his marriage, and eventually his freedom. So we're talking about a man who was arrested 27 times and spent almost four years in prison. So he's here to talk about really his spiritual awakening that changed his life. Because today, and many of you know this, you're probably fans of his show. He hosts the show, M to the Rock, where he openly discusses addiction. He's also a highly sought after public speaker on this topic. And now we officially welcome Michael Moulton to the show. Wow, that felt good. <laughs> <laughs> like your whole life story? <laughs> yeah, that felt good. I, I don't know what else to say. So, Well, so listen, so and, and, you know, we were speaking about this earlier. You know, you were in a situation where you were essentially getting in your own way. So I want to know when you got serious about actually changing your life. You know, the, the um, when the pain just got bad enough, you know, I, I kept hitting what's called rock bottom. <laughs> um, and every time I would hit rock bottom, it was the exact same rock that I kept hitting. And for the first time, I realized that the rock at the bottom, all these times that I was hitting rock bottom was God. Mm-hmm. And and so I decided to stay at the bottom the last time and hang out with God and, and get to understand, you know, why am I doing the things I'm doing? 
and and you know i gotta first you know preface that alcoholism drug addiction is a disease you know it's a disease of the mind and and it's my mind trying to fix my own mind of trying to figure out why i do the things i do uh, we aren't bad people we're, we're, we're sick people trying to get well and and i truly the last time i surrendered and I, I surrendered and i said you know i don't care where the justice system takes me i don't care where life takes me god i'm just tired of feeling the way that i do and i bet on 7 7 17 um i turned my life over to the lord and it hasn't been the same since what do you it, it, i want to go back some michael to a lot of our listeners are in you know business world you know trying to strive for success or some of them are at that success and one of the things about um as, as jenny was talking about going back and looking you were one of the biggest luxury home builders in dallas i mean at the height of your business what what was that li- like um what type of how much uh in houses were you doing a year how big had your business getting and then like how does it when you get there what is that shift that that kind of changes that that it starts going in that opposite direction and what are some of the things that maybe can our listeners can have that if they're maybe climbing that ladder climbing that success some things to be careful watchful of fearful of to where that doesn't go bad for them it's a good question you know um you know ad- my addiction my drug of choice was alcohol and drugs uh when i tried to remove alcohol and drugs from my life i cross addicted and um uh, work became my drug. Uh, mm-hmm. Chasing the almighty dollar, uh, you know, became my drug. My competitors in the high-end luxury market were they a great year. They were doing maybe two houses a year. Mm-hmm. I was doing fifteen, yeah, and wow. I was doing almost one a month. And um, that's what drove me. Um, and what were the what were the average price of these homes? We were two million and up. Oh wow! Um, so um, and and the market was good. So the uh, market was good. <laughs> Babe, uh, we really messed up by not having him build our house that we've been building for three years. Yeah. Uh oh. But the, <laughs> one a month. But, uh, yes. What you call my brother? My brother is an incredible builder in yeah. the Park Cities. But um, so the um. You know, so that became my drug of choice, and um, my life became completely unmanageable as a result of that too. Uh, so I didn't, I didn't know what balance was. I had one speed, and it was go, and I was addicted to anything that was going to change the way that I felt uh, because I, I didn't, I couldn't get along with myself and just and be that way. I'm grateful so much that I am a drug addict and alcoholic in recovery because today I have a program of recovery. I have solutions today for the way I feel, right? So what was it? Okay, so so thinking about you're you're building this business, building this business. I imagine that it, you know at some you had to have been sober at some point in order to really get it built up. What flipped the switch? When did you start sort of um, getting more into your addiction? What flipped the switch was when I started becoming powerless over people, places, and things. Um, I, I couldn't. I, there wasn't enough alcohol and drugs to remove fear, anxiety. Uh, my lies, my white lies with my family members were catching up with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was being exposed. And, and the more I was being exposed in what was the truth, the angrier I became. Um, and in my disease, resentment is the number one offender. It will kill me. So that's where it really started going downhill. I started holding on to horrible resentments towards people, family members, uh, institutions, banks, and all that. And I was saying, you know, I'll get you. And what happened was is I was literally drinking the poison, hoping that other people would die. And I just started going down downward spiral, holding on to the sword. So when you look back, do you think that um – 
like it, you basically were going maybe from one addiction to another whenever yeah. like it so the the you had an addiction to success at one point and then when that kind of started tapering off you went okay drugs and alcohol maybe feel the rest i mean and and i think that a lot of people that are driven and you know you obviously are an innate driven person right have those issues that that go from one to the other and and some of them Drugs and alcohol never get there, but they're in a financial ruin or they're trying to keep up a lifestyle that they really don't have because they can't stop that. What do you think? Is there anything that you could give people um, to, you know, that maybe in the future... Like to stop them from their yeah. tracks? Like they're I starting can. to go down that path of ego or anything yeah. that, that can help? Well, that, well said. Uh, you know, I work a 12-step program, and the first step is we admitted that we are powerless over alcohol or drugs, that our life has become unmanageable. That is the only time in the 12 steps that the word alcohol or drugs is ever mentioned. So you take that word alcohol out and make it a blank, all right? You fill that blank in with something where you get, we get honest. That's step one is we get honest. You know, you fill that blank in with gambling, uh, pornography, work, exercise, food, um, all the different things that we do. I call it the visible things to make the invisible problems go away. Uh, and once we recognize that and get honest of what is actually making my life unmanageable, I'm powerless over, okay? For example, I was powerless over work and, and ego and pride because I would lie to my family and say, listen, I can't come home tonight because I need to go to a business meeting because I, I couldn't put the, I wanted to go get another deal. I wanted mm-hmm. to go get another real estate deal. You know, Heath would call me up and say, hey, I got something that just came across my desk. You need to look at this deal. And I would lie to my family and say, listen, I got to go do this business deal at the Stars game with this guy. Uh, and it'd be about real estate and alcohol and stuff like that. I'm using that as an example. Yeah. But, right, right, but right. That, that's that delusional thinking as opposed there was no balance. Work became my God. Drugs became my God. Alcohol became my God. And it all failed me. Now, let me ask you this real quick, because here's what's interesting. The 12-step thing, right, the 12-step program, I never thought about it. In a, I mean, And I think most people would think of that, oh, if you have a drug or, or alcohol mm-hmm. addiction, get 12 steps. So what you're saying is... You can fill in that blank with anything. So if somebody's got an addiction with food or, or addiction with not being able to balance their life healthy between work and home, you're saying that you believe the 12-step program may be able to help them. I know it does. So, you know, t- you take that blank. So if we wanted to role play here and let's say that I'm a codependent, you know, I can say, you know, I have admitted that I'm powerless over Jenny that my life has become unmanageable. Mm. You know, it, you know, people with codependency. I admitted that my, you know, I'm powerless over um, my job. That my life has become unmanageable. That's mm-hmm. all I do. I'm powerless over it. You know, I, mm-hmm. I I go okay. It's Saturday. I'm going to spend time with my family, and I get up in the morning and I go straight to the office because I just got to get I got to get prepared for the week. You mm-hmm. know, and I I sacrifice. I'm powerless over it. Why am I at the office? Why can't I be with my family today? And I'm sitting there and I start feeling guilt, shame, and remorse. So what do I do? I work more to make that go away. Mm. Uh, same thing with alcohol and drugs. I get these feelings, so I do more, more, more to make that feeling go away. So, yes, the 12 steps is a is a, is a way of life for me. Mm-hmm. I, I love that message, and I, you know, we, we spoke about mm-hmm. it. And I went through the 12 steps as well, and I really, it's just, you know, life-changing on, on so many levels. Let's talk about, when, when I hear you say, okay, 2017, a lot of people come and they tell their redemption story like 10 years later, 20 years later, 30 years later. But what I, what is, I want to impress upon everybody is that um, two years ago, life was unmanageable and you were um, incarcerated. Mm-hmm. Here you are today with your show, speaking, impacting lives, happy, 
um, newly engaged. I mean, mm-hmm. all this stuff. So, so um, what are what are your tips and tricks to really turning your life around in such a short amount of time? It's such a good question. And I think about this every day. What y'all are seeing in the life of M2 The Rock is not designed. It's all God. I didn't sit down and just put this master business plan together on how I was going to spread the message. I literally. Well, but you had to show up and ask for it, I right? I did. I did. I actually. So I was apprehended by the Dallas Police Department on 529.17. That was the last day I had alcohol or drugs put in my body, cigarettes, anything in my body. If they would have let me out on 530, Jenny. I would have used again, but it was on seven seven seventeen when I surrendered, uh, when I was incarcerated, and I was set free for the first time in my life behind the walls. I found my freedom mm-hmm. in jail, and as once that happened, and I surrendered, then God started using me, and I started I started helping people. And I'm not talking preaching the gospel and all this stuff, which I'm a big believer in, but I was just doing me, and people were attracted to that um, behind the walls. And then I started speaking in jail after dinner, after evening chow, I would get up on the ramp and share and people were gathered to that the guards would listen and it got back to the judge well i was miraculously released from prison mm-hmm. and left and i was on the brian glenn show and i heart picked it up and then here i am today so i've just been following my feet i want to stop for just a second and um rewind to you because this is so applicable for everybody whether they're in jail or you know, out trying to build their business mm-hmm. you were just doing you and people were attracted to that so it was almost like you felt you know, found your authenticity. That's what people love so much is when they see somebody really like nailing it in their craft. And at the time that was your craft. That's a good point because I had that when I was in the business world, you know, people wanted to hang out with, with Michael, but I was miserable. I was miserable. I hated myself. I had a void. I filled that void with drugs, alcohol, work, and all the other stuff, right? Uh, today, that that character defect of mine is now my asset, and people see and they feel the spirit you know, being around me, and that's how I stay clean and sober today, is giving that away. Mm-hmm. You know, being me, being transparent, being honest, letting you and Heath know it's, o- it's okay to say I'm scared. It's okay to say I'm in fear. It's okay to say I'm anxious. Um, it's okay to say these things um, because that's how we recover. You know, we got to let the walls down and, and let some people into our life. You know, what's interesting is your last day that you were arrested will be a date that I will never forget either because that was the day that our daughter was born, oh. 5 Oh my gosh. How oh crazy God. is that? That is awesome. So like, we know exactly what birth. we were doing the yeah. day you were getting arrested. So, is her name Freedom? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sort of. It's Brighton. There you go. Brighton. Um, yeah. If we were down at Baylor, but how well, mostly just at our house. Is that not but, yeah. crazy? To think <laughs> of When he says, I always think May, I don't think 529, yeah. so it didn't actually register yeah. so with me. So, until on May 29, 2017, it was a very dramatic, very dark day. Um, and that day ended up being the best day of my life, just like it is y'all. Yeah, mm-hmm. God's weird. He, yeah. God is weird. He just uses <laughs> things that don't connect and makes them connectable. Yeah. And that's what's so neat. So we talk about the 12-step meeting. And uh, for me, the first time I ever went to one was actually as a journalist covering a story. And you had to go through a lot because, of course, there's privacy, right? right. And, and that's typically not allowed. I mean, I had built up a trust with them. Good for you. Um, For years. And and so we were able to do some very subtle coverage of that. Then later I went as a participant in the program. And I I will never forget thinking I'm a relatively confident person. And this is like one of the scariest things I've ever done is step into that meeting. So can you give some insight into if someone's thinking about whether um, it's narcotics anonymous, alcoholics anonymous, you know, overeaters, any of the groups, like like what explain what it's like, (laughs) explain sort of what that 
process is like when they go to a meeting? Well, I will. Uh, you know, when I walked into a recovery group meeting, I don't fly a flag. I don't represent any group, but a 12-step recovery meeting, psychotherapy, group therapy fellowship, I walk in there, and the reason why I'm in so much fear to go in there and to be honest for the first time in my life, when I'm feeling that, that is the disease active in my head. That is the disease telling me or the enemy saying, you don't need to be in here. You're not like these people. You need to go away. And and a lot of times my whole life, I would listen to that. I would go away. But we go in there and for one hour, uh, just sit down and listen for the similarities, not the differences. What does that look like? I used to go in 2000, I'd go in all pimped out, thinking all ego pride, big home builder. And I would hear guys going, I lost my wife, I've been arrested, I've been homeless. And I go, man, that's that, I, I'm not gonna come here. That's not who I am, okay? That's not who I am yet. Yeah. And that's the key right there. So go in and listen for the similarities, not the differences. The great, the great thing about recovery group meetings, Jenny, is that I get to hear and see my character defects live on stage. I also get to hear solutions to my character defects live on stage because my solutions when I'm in my disease are bizarre, bizarre. I'll get a splinter in my pinky toe heath and to remove the splinter, I cut both my legs off, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. And and today I don't think that way. So if somebody is listening to uh, the show, maybe they, they've got a spouse, a partner, maybe they've got a friend or a family member that they see going down a destructive path of some way, whether it's drugs, alcohol, maybe it's balance in life, maybe it's, um, uh, you know, their priorities and, and how off whack they are, you know? How, what's the best way to approach somebody to, to make them be okay to go get help or, or, or doing that? Because I, I, from what I know, that's a very sensitive thing of how you can approach that to whether it, it lands on them or not. Well, th- very common asked question and there is an answer and there is the correct answer so let's just use alcoholism as an example for this topic okay okay? if you have a husband that is struggling with alcoholism and you can't relate to it all right and it's killing you watching this happen this is the solution write this down go find another man that is a recovering alcoholic and introduce him to your husband and leave the room, okay? One alcoholic working with another, there's no other better solution, all right? Men work with men, women work with women. So we, we find the like-minded people that, that can relate. You know, it, it, you know, I'm engaged to a lady who's in recovery too. So if, if a female is struggling, I will introduce this lady to Rachel, or I'll introduce her to a lady in the program where they can relate. That happens every day. And that is the, I've seen miracles happen that way. Because when a normal person, called a normie, tries to fix the alcoholic, we drink more. Gotcha. We don't, we have a language and and that's the most powerful thing you can so do. So if it's any particular drug, maybe it's an eating disorder, maybe it's a balance disorder, It one of the biggest things is to set up that male or female that's had a similar, that's overcome it and introduce them in their life and and just wait and watch let's get right let's get honest first and let's accept that we have a disease 
And once we accept we have a disease and get some time on our on our on our shelf, then we'll talk about God. Then we'll get into all that. So many people immediately would come to me and shame me saying, You are you're you're a sinner, you're a bad person. That's what I would hear. Yeah. And I would flee because I'm like, I'm not. I, I don't know why I'm doing the things I'm doing. Let's address that we have a problem, we have a disease, and there is a solution. Love it. Are we ready to do an article with him in a little bit? Well, we are, but I, I thought um, we were going to get to, um, oh, didn't you ahead. want to get in that one last piece that you were wanting to see oh, if we had? Yes, yes, yes. Do we have time for it? I didn't, yes. I, was, I don't, I don't see the clock. Where is oh, it? Oh, it's over here. Watch out. I got it. I, know. I got you. My goodness. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm so the scheduler. I'm like over here hyperventilating. Like I need to know every five seconds where we are. I'm looking at my computer. I didn't start a clock here. Yeah. I didn't start a clock You're here. So awesome. Okay. So I want to talk about, so congratulations on the recent engagement, by the Thank way. Thank you. So let's talk about, um, gosh, finding a healthy relationship. Mm. Um, this is, this is something else that we've discussed sort of offline. And I thought this is a great component for the discussion that I want our audience to hear about finding a healthy relationship. This is huge. Um, you know, relationships are probably one of the number one reasons for relapses in early recovery. And, and for me, my um, accountability partner, my sponsor, my little team around me, uh, including my judge, said, Michael, no relationships. <laughs> um, and I get that today. And, and the new me is I didn't want a relationship. And I was told that I couldn't get in a relationship for a year and until I finished all 12 steps, which was fine to me. I accepted that. I wasn't looking for a relationship because before I always was. I was looking for ah. something to fill that void, yeah. right? Um, so I was going this, and I, I realized I can't be in a relationship and love anyone until I know who I am. Yeah, I got nothing to give except just a bunch of resentment. Hey, you know, you know, Miss Girlfriend, do you want to hang out with me and just co-sign on my resentment? Well, and then I, I mean, and you think about who you're attracting too. I mean, like right, yeah. you, you know, like the the people we're bringing into our lives. Yeah, I was um, I was seeking. We want sick them people. to be whole, mm-hmm. right? Like we are whole, right? And, and to support that. That's right. And so you know, so I, now I got something to give as a man. I truly believe the man being the spiritual leader of the household. Research that that has nothing to do with control, but the spiritual leader of the household. And for me to be that. I've got to, I've got to love God first before I can love anybody else. That's what works for me. That's what was taught to me, and I get that today. It makes sense to me because my whole way didn't work. I right. was horrible relationships. How do you? Okay, so so what is life like now? Do you still go to groups meetings? Mm. Does does she go to? You yeah. know? So I'm the I'm the type of alcoholic and drug addict that I attend support group meetings every day, every day. Um, that's that's my program. I have to um, because I love it. You know, it, it, it feeds me. Uh, she does too. She's a national recording artist. Tours all over the world. You know, performing and um, and she has a group, a support group that is out there. And then social media. We're members of some private groups on social mm-hmm. media that we can you know talk back and forth. And it's it's great. There's some great things on social media that can do that. So we stay connected uh, with our people. Well, one of the things that I that I can take from this whole deal is, number one, that, that the level of success you were at until you actually dealt with the actual addiction issues that you had that you knew about, you just kept going from one to the other, the level of success you were going to achieve in your life wasn't going to really happen. It may have looked like mm, it, right? Yeah. And then I see that the 12-step program, to me, I never realized that was actually something outside of drugs and alcohol. I never thought about that, but you're right. Babe, because, I told you I did that. Well, I, no... <laughs> 
I mean, no, no, I guess, no, no, things. I'm not right. talking about that. I'm talking more so like if I'm somebody that <laughs> goes, I'm, I'm out of balance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I didn't think about it like in that <laughs> route. No, in, 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 this in is that good, huge. what you're saying. Yeah, this is real I never good. thought about that. So that's really huge to me. And, and the redemption story of so quickly turning that around and, and that a lot of people I know feel like they're stuck somewhere and feel like I'll never be able to come back from this, right? And then how, how quickly did it? I just turned 50. Happy birthday. Thank you. I just okay, so you guys at 48, he was in jail. I mean, yeah. I, I, like that that's got to be the message for people. Yes. To I your agree. point, I mean, cuz cuz I I mean, I think that too. I think, "Oh my gosh, like, you know, what if I Okay, well, I did this one thing for 15 years at and now what do I, I do?" At 42, I got my first arrest. You know, uh, so <laughs> you were a late bloomer Yeah, there. 42. 42 <laughs> yeah. um is when I when I got into the dark side, you know, for yeah. for me. Um, and, you know, for your listener, for your listener, if, if you're sitting there and you're working and you're six and you appear to be successful and everybody's saying, man, you're just doing so great, Heath. I mean, look at you. You're you're doing it. But when you literally get alone and you're alone and you're miserable and you really feel like you're in prison, the 12 steps will help you with that. And that's the great thing about it. The 12 steps is for everyone. I, I love that message. And I think that yeah. actually is going to be really huge. And um, and I'm, I'm excited about getting you on a little traditional second shot action, which will be back in a minute on the second segment and throw you a little... Uh, he timed it th- out throw perfectly. Throw a little perfectly <laughs> of it. <laughs> He makes up words, she translates them. Heath and Jenny host more of Second Shot, coming up on RNCN. To all of my friends in the great state of Texas, if you have not taken advantage, I have a way to save you a ton of money. I have saved over about $3,000 in the last year, and I have no hassle. Go to energyogre.com, put in the promo code Second Shot. Now listen, promo code Second Shot, and you're going to get a free month just for signing up and saving a ton of money. So don't be crazy. Stop sitting around talking about is this the real deal, and go do it right now. Energyogre.com. Dot com promo code second shot in a free month. Thanks. Go get it now. Run. Ready? Aim. Fire. Second shot is back for another round on RNCN. So for all the listeners that know me, they know that I love, you know, adrenaline racing and stuff. So like when Michael came in, we started talking, he and his son used to do a lot of motocross together. Ooh. That's what I did growing up and talking about Swan out in Tyler. Yes. And um, all of the type of racing is was a, um, you know, I was, uh, my dad said at 18 months old, I got on my first real four-wheeler and actually was driving it at 18 months old. And that's, a, that's, a, that's a parenting problem. <laughs> that's horrifying <laughs> is what that is. You know, and, and so anything that with an engine going fast was was my deal, and, and I loved it. And that's why I'm telling you, you got to get out there to that Dallas Karting Complex. We're going to do it. I'm, let's go. You guys, I, Dallas, I'm not, I'll come Dallas pick you Karting up. Complex needs to be a sponsor, yeah, by the way. I have really so many do. people DM me after yeah. Heath's talked really? about the let's Karting Complex awesome. be like, yes. It's yeah. really awesome. Yeah. So let's, we'll go live from there. Get us out there. Get yes. Heath and out there. We'll do a whole live race. <laughs> Heath and M2. Yes. And I'm going to take you in the corner Come hard. On, let's I'm going to take you in the oh, corner hard. <laughs> I've already got Brighton's really pink 
cart picked out with the pink suit. And it's nice. going to be pretty. That's awesome. Her mama may not be that's on board awesome. with this it yet. This is not but happening. That's like, this is why work. I had to stop working weekends. Like, <laughs> I needed to come home and regulate. We'll just tell Jenny to work the steps and call her sponsor and <laughs> yeah, give it to God. That's, that's exactly. <laughs> Zach, what you got? So, uh, Tiger Woods ex-caddy Steve Williams praises pure guts it took for his amazing Masters win just the other week. Uh, Tiger Woods' his former caddy Steve Williams have a lot of history between them. Uh, Williams was carrying Tiger's bag during his dominant ways in the 2000s all the way up to 2011 when Tiger Woods parted ways with him. So ESPN had to ask after his Masters win just the last weekend, uh, what'd you think? You were his caddy for 11 years. How'd it go? And he said, given the fact that two years ago he stated he was unlikely to play competitive golf ever again, or seriously doubting it, uh, there would have been a lot of truth to that. Uh, but for him to actually come back full cycle to win a major championship... It's just an incredible story. It's an amazing achievement of pure guts and hard work for him and just a true indication of what he is made of. It proves again what an amazing athlete is. It's just an amazing achievement. Really cool stuff. Now, the thing is, yes, everybody, we know the Masters is over two or three weeks ago by now, okay? Get it. This is an older one. It's fine. (laughs) But it's still something worth talking about, and I think especially in this one. And, and, um, you know, my second shot on it is that he was down and out not too long ago and couldn't stand up without having something hurt every time he did anything right when when his crash when his you know life come crashing down because his balance was out of whack um and all those things between his family and his work life and everything right and and i look at it and go you know that was just a couple years ago then he wins the master and and you know when we talk about your story and what you've been through i thought it was just kind of a perfect continuation of you know, that second shot of that, if you're in that really rough spot or that, you know, maybe you're in that really good spot, but you get home and you're miserable and you know that you need help. But if you go get that help, then it's going to be, you're going to be exposed. So you're probably going to take a dive in your business. And how will you ever come back from it, right? When you look at people like Tiger Woods two years ago, couldn't even get on a golf course because he was hurt every time to now winning the Masters, right? To you two years ago being arrested and then being where you are right now. Like, I think giving that hope to people that, you know, the journey is not that long back to redemption. The journey is going to be longer if you put it off, don't you think? I, I do. And what if it's ironic, this story, talking about Bright and your daughter yeah. being born the day that I was arrested. Uh, Tiger Woods' very first practice round at Augusta, I was caddying for Lanny Watkins. That's oh, part wow. of my story y'all don't know about. I was a caddy on the pro golf tour for five years. Oh, wow. That's right pretty cool. He's actually school. 107 years old. He <laughs> yeah. has so many different so, lives I, I you've lived. People say, you know, hey, listen, you got to hang out with them, too, because it's like sitting on a park bench with Forrest Gump, okay? But, <laughs> I love that show. So it was neat. So Steve, ever. Stevie Williams is, was a friend of mine. He actually used to race dirt track. So yeah. it's neat to see. But the, but the, the story is so so incredible because what i got from the story was is is to surrender uh simplify my life and focus on what my purpose is in, in life you know and and that's what he did and um I, I guess that's what he did it's what i saw i think it's a great story people i was actually did a story for espn um and they asked me about it am i surprised nothing surprises me today yeah. after my personal mm-hmm. experience what god's done in my nothing surprises me and it is and you know michael jordan quoted saying it's the greatest comeback in sports history and um i've toured i've been the master six times i've caddied there six times i know what it takes to win there i've been in the last group a couple of times and this is the real deal i mean he this wasn't a fluke yeah. so uh, okay so this is the former caddy that we're talking about right yes that yes. stopped yes. With yes, him in t- okay mm-hmm. so so my second shot on this is actually maybe totally different than than you guys here's the 
a guy who, I mean, it did not necessarily end well with them. No, not at all. Right? Not at all. But here he is congratulating him. And what freedom that is to be, and saying, hey, hmm. you know what? He did pretty well. What freedom that is for him. I mean, I think he's probably done some work on himself in terms of like, hey, yeah, you know what? He was my boss forever. And I probably like, you know, missed a lot of weekends and, and you know, had, a, you know, sacrificed a lot for him. And now, you know, I don't work with him anymore. Instead of being bitter and home and like, I'm not going to watch him and I'm not going to support him. Like what freedom to be able to be like, you know what? That was great. Yeah, Bravo it, to him. That's such great freedom for all of us to be able to look at people we've worked with or had relationships with and just cheer them on. Like, good, go, you know, do you. I love that second shot. I mean, when you think about that, giving, you know, that the real power is when you can release other people's power over you mm -hmm. and be happy for others versus holding resentment when you think. Yeah, and what I like about this is 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 the way, like you said, he finds his purpose. Tiger Woods has had a real bumpy road. I know he's won a lot, and in the public eye, I think that's what people see, but Tiger Woods was a big fan of his dad. Tiger Woods' dad was a Navy SEAL, and he always wanted to be one. There were a few years Tiger Woods was flying out to California to train with Navy SEALs when he wasn't playing golf, and everybody around him was like, what are you doing? You're jumping out of helicopters? You're the best <laughs> golfer in the world. Like, yeah. get back on the green. And, and, and it beat him up. He had back surgeries and knee surgeries because golf isn't a game that's made for human people. You hunch over a club for it. It's a, it's a whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Like and, and everybody told him he couldn't do it. He, he, he wanted to find comfort in places he couldn't. And ultimately, he goes through all of that and he comes back because he wasn't afraid to keep dreaming. At yep. the end of it all, he said, you know what? I, 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 I think I can still do this thing. I believe in myself. I believe in my ability. Uh, and here he is. It's, it's crazy. It's you know, a crazy that's why I love this show because we all took some, pulled something different from that same yeah. article, and I love hearing it vocalized. <laughs> you know what everybody sees, you know, as, as the message from this. Well, you know what, from your second shot that I like to and to think about is, um, a, a lot of times you can be those you you just um, had it out in a relationship, right? There was a close relationship, let's just say, um, like like Tiger Woods and his caddy, and, and and it got so nasty at the end, right? And you're thinking we'll never be able to be. I will never be able to congr I will mm -hmm. never you know whatnot and and I think this is a true testament that time does heal things and so like if you're in a spot where it's like maybe you've done a lot of wrong to family or you've done a lot of all these things and you're not feeling like a, the, the forgiveness come around right like with them is you know time does heal you know because I guarantee you that caddy uh, seven years ago or so, did not ever see himself being happy for Tiger Woods when you know what I mean. But like, well, obviously, Stevie, you never know. Maybe you know. Well, the, yeah, the, the facts are is that Stevie stood up for what was right and says, "I am not going to co-sign on your behavior." Yeah, and this right. was in the midst of all the divorce and all mm -hmm. that. And that's who Stevie is. Mm -hmm. I mean, he he stood up for what was right and he says, "I'm not going to do that." I can relate to that. I'm going through that personally right now. Um, so, you know, where do we, we got to take that stance and say, listen, we got to walk the walk and not talk it. So, uh, it's a great story that that's a classy act, you know, classy act that Steve, you know, made that comment and that's who he is. Uh, that's who we are. And, 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 and regarding the title second shot, the first thing that came to mind when I saw your show and heard about your show was one word, grace. Yep, that, that's the, true. the grace of God. It gives me a. He's given me a second shot. At stuff that I don't deserve. This I do not deserve. This, but you know, because I repented and because I surrendered. All right, it, I'm giving God permission to perform grace. I'm giving Him permission to do that. Don't you think that that's a lot of that that holds a lot of people back in 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 success in business and success fulfillment is that they don't think they're deserving of those things. 
they, yeah, and it's fear. It's mm-hmm. a result of fear. You know, and your listeners, there's a lot of successful business owners that listen to this show. A great business leader is that's their gift is showing grace to their employees. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and as a leader, I challenge you accept the grace. You're, we're not God. You know, mm-hmm. let God do His job and accept that grace. Accept that second shot. You know, and so the great thing about our life today is that Jenny and I were talking about this on the phone the other day is that. I don't have bad days anymore. I have bad moments. Yeah. I don't have bad days. Don't, it doesn't ruin the whole day. It doesn't because I have a solution. I have mm-hmm. 12 steps. You know, I remember my second shot. I don't, I don't forget that when those jail doors open on Friday the 13th of October 13th of 2017, that was a complete mistake. It wasn't. God said, go do my work. And, um, and that's where we're at. You know, it's interesting. You told me, you said earlier, um, this is kind of going back to it, but it just stuck in my mind was when you said you kept hitting rock bottom multiple mm-hmm. times. Um, and, and a lot of people always say, well, I haven't hit rock bottom yet or, or whatnot. But but what I think, would, would that been how you would have thought about it until you got clean to look back on it and realize you did hit rock bottom? It was just several times? The very first time I hit rock bottom, okay, there's that rock. Yeah. You know, the 27th time that I hit rock bottom, the same rock was there. Why do I keep hitting my head on this same rock, okay? Who, what is this rock? I mean, I'm going to check and see. And all these times, the rock was God. And, yeah. he, and the reason why it was just me and him is because I was so low in life that the only thing, and the pain was so bad, that the only thing that I could turn to was this God. And I said, I'm going to give it a shot because I've done everything else. Did you have a, a relationship with God prior to this at all or any sort of sense or upbringing? Or? I was agnostic. I okay. just knew that Jesus was there. It was a word. You know, he's going to operate on my terms. But I was not a, I had not completely surrendered. Um, I wasn't biblically sound. I wasn't, um, you know, but, but, but the answer was no. You know, hey, Jesus, you can ride with me. So I could say that if I was in a group of guys like Heath and a bunch of guys and they're talking about Bible study, I'd yuck it up, say, yeah, I'm a believer. And then I'd be at the strip club, you know, the next night with all the other guys mm-hmm. never talking about Christ. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So that's, that's, that was my life. Okay, and I think that's really honest. Yeah. Um, which is, I mean – Shoot, you're, if anything, you're honest, and that's, I yeah, appreciate that about you. Well, I love and, that and about you. And it's open because my behaviors, my behaviors were symptoms. You know, I was crying out for help. I was crying out for God. And um, the neat thing is, as a result of the 12 steps, I can literally sit here without saying it, but I'll say it, is I'm not that guy anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm not that guy I used to be. I sit here, I'll rewatch the show, and I'll, watch, I'll go, I said that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, where did that come from? Yeah. Um, so... Whenever, um, you know, your show that is, is, I want you to talk a little bit about your show and get up to where our listeners, where they can find it all. Give them the idea. I'll tell you, listeners, what was pretty cool. What, a couple of weeks ago, you had Stevie, Steve-O mm-hmm. come in as a guest. Like, mm-hmm. Steve-O, like, that was, that was pretty cool. Like, <laughs> he sold. Yeah, I mean, the Jackass was like one of the, it was, it was something that all of us wild adrenaline kids watched oh, every moment of, you know yeah. what I mean? So I thought that was pretty interesting. But this time, maybe like tell some of our, our listeners where they can find your show and kind of what, what, what they can expect from it. And yours is daily. See, ours only comes out once a week. Yours is daily. Yeah, we, we're five days a week, Monday through Friday. And then when I'm not on the show, I'm, I'm on other podcasts. I'm on radio across the country. 
it's real simple and yeah steve that's i gotta give all the credit to randy smoot on that you know cynthia and randy smoot um you know helped me out so much i mean they are just so passionate about the movement of what we're doing but they reach out and get these guests and and it's neat because it helps break the walls of stigma you know Mm -hmm. this disease doesn't discriminate and the difference between steve-o and me and the man underneath the bridge is the bridge that's it you know and so but our show is simple we talk about drug addiction we talk about alcoholism we talk about hurts, habits, and hangups, things that get us stuck um, where it doesn't have to be drugs and alcohol. Dude, I'm addicted to sin. Mm-hmm. You know, when my eyes are open, I'm in full-blown relapse. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but I got tools now that keep me on the beam, right? Yeah. And if I get off the beam, when I get off the beam, I know what it is and I talk about it on the show. You know, if I'm going through something, you know, um, I, I share with people that if I think somebody's doing it to me, they're not. They're just doing it. You know, these new things that I'm learning. Mm-hmm. So that's what we talk about, solutions in life. And then we have guests on. And I love having guests on who are not drug addicts or alcoholics uh, to get them to where they start nodding their head going, oh, okay, I get you now. You know, you're, you are just like me. Just your solution is just freaking crazy. Yeah. Um, but that's what we do. It's a feel-good show. We don't debate. We don't talk about big pharma we don't talk about you know any controversial i don't have that luxury we don't talk about politics we don't you know i talk about my god of my understanding i have atheists that watch the show i have atheists that participate and the show has turned out to be a community you know we get i don't know we get crazy numbers on facebook every week as far as views you know Mm -hmm. um and we reach we're reaching over you know three hundred thousand people a week you know, a, yeah. a week on That's the show awesome. and the success stories of people messaging us, asking for help. We get them treatment. Uh, you know, we point them in the right direction and we have great success stories of, of the show is actually saving lives. Not my show, the show is so saving lives. So noon Central Time, yes. Monday through Friday. Monday through Friday. They can watch Facebook Live. They can also, if they miss it at noon, uh, any podcast platform, right? Any, we're on every platform and we're live on YouTube, uh, Twitter, and Facebook Monday through Friday at noon. You cannot miss him <laughs> if you are online at noon. That's right. <laughs> he is it's everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. Well, it was a pleasure having you on. I, it was it was great to get to know you a little bit more yeah. ahead of time. Like I've seen you a lot, and then obviously leading up doing the research and, and looking at it. I mean, your homes were awesome, and Thank and you. knowing a lot more about you. And obviously, there's even that much more to uncover. Yeah, we're trying to on, we're, we're trying to bring him back to build our homes. Right. Yeah. 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 Buy him out of this show and come yeah. finish our yeah. house. <laughs> I can help you. I, I, I can help you. Uh, yeah. Give everybody your social media handles too, so they can follow you there. Just the great thing to do is just go to our website m two the letter m the number two the rock dot com and all of our links are there facebook you know just go to facebook go m2 the rock it pops up very first and um, go like our page um and make sure make sure on second shot you like their page and turn the notifications on so when the, y'all go live it pops absolutely <laughs> we yeah. never even yeah. tell anybody that yeah. <laughs> <Thank Yeah. you>. <laughs> <laughs> um so i am at jennyanchondo.com jennyanchondo on instagram and yes there's a new project on there and you only know about it <laughs> if you're following along on the gram at Apple Zacintosh on Twitter and Instagram. Facebook.com slash group slash second shot. Come join the conversation. Thanks, guys. Uh, Matt Stoker1 on Instagram. You can find me there and uh, also on the Facebook group. I'm hanging around. Ed Heat Thokes uh, at Ignorance on Fire, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook. Uh, LinkedIn. Jenny loves LinkedIn. Senior citizen. Yeah. LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. Yeah. Second shotcast at gmail.com with any questions you may have. I love you. See you next time.
the digital destination for premium talk radio. 